Jumbo, Aloha, and Kungaloosh. Welcome to the 3 o'clock parade. This is Drunk at Disney. Along with me, we have Skipper Dick Ritchie. How you doing, Rich? Doing great. Kungaloosh, everybody. And believe it or not, we tracked her down. We bugged her phones. We bribed her. We've got Rhiannon here. No. No. I'm actually super no. excited. This may be the first time I've actually um, spoken to I a thought woman. this was... Like a collect call from my mother in prison or something, like an emergency. I don't know. Like, hey boy. But we did get her, and this is going to be fun. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some Disney and have some fun. So, first things first, Dick Ritchie, you had an opportunity that many of us will never have. You did the Jungle Cruise breakfast at Disneyland. I so I'd love privileged. Privileged. Hashtag 1%. Yeah. What can I say? I'm voting for Bernie. <laughs> First off, tell me about it. Uh, it was it was great. It was just that. It's a sunrise breakfast at the Jungle Cruise. Um, it was something that they posted on the internet one day, and um, I'm not privileged, but it was rather expensive. It was like 300 bucks to go uh, do this Jungle Cruise breakfast. Now, Tell me where, like, who who met who met you? Was it like guest relations? Was it uh, one of the skippers? Like, how did it go? Like logistics. That's what I'm kind of excited about. What's the logistics of how do you have breakfast on the Jungle Cruise? So you uh, you meet at the Grand Californian in the lobby at 5:30 in the morning, well before sunrise, um, which was really rough because I had been drinking at the Napa Rose the night before till probably about 12 or 1 o'clock. So um, it was a little bit of a stumble downstairs to get there but you meet uh it's all skippers uh that greet you they kind of give you some background uh stories history about the attraction and then they walk you down main street um you know when it's super dark there's people still working on things there's trucks people are painting and then take you backstage at the jungle cruise uh which was really really cool how many of you uh breakfasties were there um i i want to say it was about 20 of us um and and our breakfast was completely sold out and where do you actually eat breakfast did you go to a restaurant or do you actually eat on like one of the sets no 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 they take you backstage so the uh we we actually cut through the line at the indiana jones uh temple of the forbidden eye and halfway through there's these big giant doors that i always wondered where the hell do they go and apparently they go to uh, Africa, so you, <laughs> <laughs> you cut through, and they actually let you out right at the African bathing pool. Um, it was it was in the middle of the night, though. It was still really dark, so we couldn't even tell what was there. Uh, I didn't even know that that's what was to my left. Uh, they walk you down this little path, and the next thing that we get to is the African Velt, um, which is the part of the attraction where... The zebras and giraffes and gnu and, uh, you know, just the, the lions and, and everything. They're just hanging out. That's amazing. Now, what they have it? Like, you just have, like, a, oh, go ahead, Brandon. Are, are we allowed to ask questions? Oh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Only if they're I, interesting. I have questions. Ask away. What time is this? Like, I mean, you're saying in the middle of the night, you're eating breakfast. Like, what's going on here? 5.30 in the morning is when we met. And you paid for this? Fuck. Like, I'm sorry. Like, so you have to pay me to do that. Uh, (laughs) Well, there's so many things that I want to say. (laughs) Say them, please. That people pay you for uh, in the middle of the morning. But, um... Defend your purchase. Defend my purchase. purchase. <laughs> it, it was a breakfast. It was sold as a breakfast. They sold it as a sunrise breakfast. So it wasn't a surprise to anybody that we were going to have to be there early. But it was super cool. And it was tons of fun. But they, so did they have, like, blankets on the ground? They had, like, a picnic? Or how'd that work? No, they actually had it all themed to the same kind of, like, era that the... Jungle Cruises. So the same way that they would have had, you know, the old wooden fold-out tables and uh, actual china and, you know, like, pressed coffee. They had all of that there. So it look like props from the queue line? Question. Yeah. Question. 
My hand's raised. Rhiannon, please ask your question. Um, as somebody who, you know, I, I take a small hobby, and if you provide me really awful service, I'll punish you by stealing silverware. Um, were you ever tempted to maybe take some of this china? Um, no. The, the table that I was at had a uh, family that was celebrating this little kid's birthday. So I was more interested in actually like pushing him over to be honest with you. Um, but, uh, but no, I did not steal any, any of the, uh, silverware. I don't, I don't like stealing. Do you regret that? No, not at all. Not at all. The silverware wasn't that great. The flatware though, it was, it was entertaining. I would have liked to have kept the flatware. So then you go, so then they usher you to one of the boats probably because what a part of it was you're supposed to be able to, uh, you know, take a ride on a boat and, and say a few lines from the, from the spiel, right? Right. No, that that's definitely was part of it. I kind of want to go back a little bit more about the breakfast, though, because the breakfast <laughs> was amazing. It was uh, duck sausage. They had um, pork belly, which was like just basically like inch or half inch thick bacon, um, and then scramby eggs with cheese. But uh, it was it was really delicious. And where we ate was cool because just to the left of me was like the rhino trying to get his point across. Uh, the giraffes were kind of like looking over my shoulder, you know, the wildebeest were like, Hey, that smells delicious. So it was really, really, it was really cool. Just the breakfast part of it alone. And to be there in the middle of the attraction at sunrise to kind of like see what was going on. Um, it was really fun. So I don't want, I don't want to just skip over right to the boats and ignore <laughs> that. Cause what, what if I have another question? Then you can ask it. I feel like anytime she asks a question though, like it should be a it should be a drinking game. Like everybody, everybody anytime Rhiannon asks a question, you drink. You drink. People are going to be wasted. It's going to be great. I thought I love it. it was this a uh, you know prerequisite for this entire fucking podcast. Oh, I thought you were already so. drunk anyway. Well, so are you? Do you, do you have a question, Rhiannon, about the breakfast? Well, I forget it now. All right, no, I'm joking. Um, no, my my question is um, if. If you could sort of um, create a pie chart, if you will, of a cost breakdown of this event, um, how much cost would you assign to the food value? Was it a good value to you as a meal, or do you think they were simply capitalizing on the ambiance and the experience and waking you up at 5 o'clock in the morning? I mean, the breakfast alone would not have been worth 300 bucks. <laughs> but Can you design a breakfast that would be worth $300, please? I, I wouldn't even... One that was served in the middle of the Jungle Cruise and let me spiel on the Jungle Cruise. Worth what time did you get to use? How much <laughs> alcohol was involved? There was zero alcohol involved. Okay, um, I'm here. Bye. <laughs> Which line from the Jungle Cruise did you get to use, Rich? Um, I, you know, that that was part of the thing. Also, is they weren't exactly clear how that whole part was going to work. So, in my childlike wonder, I was thinking they're just going to hand me the keys to a boat. I'm going to skipper it with a few people behind me, and I'm just going to be spilling the lines as best as I can remember. What actually happened is you get on the boat. They hand out little cards randomly, and whatever card you get, that's the line that you spiel. And my f- and you, you got to do it twice. It was two trips around. My first trip was um, the village attack, where they throw spears at you. And, um, and my line was, they're attacking to the left. Everybody get down. <laughs> oh, that's the sound of spears. But if anyone hits you, make sure to take it out and throw it back because we're not allowed to keep souvenirs. <laughs> um, what I actually said was more like, oh, no, we're left. Forget it. I just messed up. And <laughs> it was terrible. Um, and everybody looked at me, even the little kid, like, you can't even read off a cue card. And I was like, I, I, you're right. I can't. Was it nerves or just you are terrible at the Jungle Cruise? Um, it's, it's more nerves. I am actually really proud of my Jungle Cruise uh, expertise. Really? I just, Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just checking. I, that's how I pick up all the ladies. I'm also single. 
<laughs> it's not working very well. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was all nerves because the second time around, um, I got I got randomly selected to do the backside of water, which I was really excited about. It's my favorite part of the attraction, and I nailed it. So so I was really happy. Um, how do you not nail that? Oh man, how many times have I heard that? Um, <laughs> Exactly. Oh, uh, sore subject, huh, Rich? I know, right? That is what she said. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I did it right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I think, you know, the back side of water instead of the front side of water. Uh, that's actually the swipe. There's actually a park for the front side of water. I understand. That's where you make I'm the turn saying, and you find you out that up, it was named after the explorer. Fired. I guess when I, when I hear this, it immediately makes me think of, you know, the uh, wild Africa trek at Animal Kingdom where they basically do the, the very similar thing during the day except with the, the safari and uh, walking across crocodiles and that kind of thing with some breakfast. And I want to say that's like – or with some lunch, and that's something to the effect of like $250 or something like that too. Yeah, and real animals. I, I, was, I was saying that with animatronics. They have no lack of ways to drop redonkulous amounts of cash on these things. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Are you unhappy about that? I was I was told when I was basically, um, you know, forced at gunpoint to show up for this that we were going to be positive about everything about Disney. We are for so, Disney. Yay. I'm just, I'm just that, checking because. I just wrapped up in dust, just like the song says. Look, the what? man who's sitting next to me with a freaking nine millimeter at my head, he's looking <laughs> at me like, you know, smile more. So what other, you know, I'm trying to smile what, more. What other attractions, uh, like, do we see more of these coming? What other attractions would, would this work on? The first one that comes to mind, of course, is probably like Haunted Mansion. Um, in fact, I, I want to say they did that back when Disney di- when uh, Tables in Wonderland was Disney Dining Experience. They had one in the Great Ruby Ride, and they had a dinner in the Haunted Mansion. And it feels like they kind of took those ideas uh, that they used to do just for Disney dining experience people, and then are just kind of like sending it out to the general public. I, I would pay any amount to have dinner in the Haunted Mansion. So if anybody is listening, uh, as long as you give me enough time to actually book it before it books up, I, I'm in 100%. I'm sorry. I think you're really overestimating the number of people listening to this right now. So, <laughs> Well, from the crickets in the background. <laughs> It sounds like it's literally. Shannon is actually broadcasting from the safaris right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm all about immersive theming. So, so uh, Rich, you were at Disneyland. Let's stay at Disneyland and talk about what came out the, yesterday with these pictures of these uh, Home Depot-made Fast Pass scanners at Space Mountain at Disneyland. What the heck is going on at Disneyland? Are we getting Fast Pass Plus or what? Uh, I think they're actually changing Space Mountain to a 2001 theme and just going for hell. Um, and they're just going to tell people that they can't get on the ride anymore. I'm sorry, Dave. It's not your time yet. But did you see this, Did you see what the, this thing going around yesterday? I'm sorry. I stopped listening to you. <laughs> This was not like uh, RFID, like Magic Band scanning. This was literally like scanning a barcode. So is Disneyland going the route of Magic Bands and FastPass Plus, or are they going to do something different with uh, maybe uh, just a, a regular app for your phone, and they're going to do regular FastPass on your phone? No, they should never do that. I think that really- Rian's voice suddenly changed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I have a... An audience here. Um, I, I think the real answer to that question is um, what will make the company more money? Because um, that's what it boils down to. So, which is it? Which is what I, I'm not in charge of their freaking finances. I mean, if they decide that, like, you know, making. What's your prediction? Do you think are they going? Okay, are they going to get Fast Pass Plus at Disneyland or no? We'll start with Rihanna. Are they getting Fast Pass Plus at Disneyland or no? I would have to assume that eventually. I'm not going to sit there and pinpoint that it's going to be happening next year, but I think it is the wave of the future. 
I'm with her. I except for I will actually say yes, they're going to get it. Um, I don't know what date either, but I I, I think that this was uh, a good way to test to see if the barcodes would work. I just don't think they're going to get magic bands. I think it's all going to be uh, app driven through your phone or on your watch. Jealous much? <laughs> That's what I'm going with too. I, I think it's I think no, they're not going to get Fast Fest Plus. I don't. I don't think in the in the same way that we have it here. I think they're if it, I think they're going with some uh, something along the lines where they have a SeaWorld where you got your pass on your app, you've got your uh, now your fast passes on your app. Will they do the pre booking? I don't know. That's what I guess. Well, um, okay. So time out. Like, how do you define the difference between doing fast pass on an app versus fast pass plus? I guess the the pre planning. I'm thinking what they're going with more of is literally just like a virtual. A lot of the complaints about fast pass plus I heard. Um, uh, I want to say uh, Parkstoke Joe was complaining about it, and it's a lot legitimate complaint that like when you have a uh, a fast pass for say two thirty at Space Mountain, unless you remember that, it's kind of annoying to have to keep check, you know, uh, to keep uh, keep tabs on that. And this way, I think uh, it puts it right. I guess. Okay. Hey, I think that's going to well, be the difference. It's not going to be. For, um, for, for, you know, air quotes, the listeners, not me, of course, I obviously know this answer, but for the listeners um, who may not know how SeaWorld or what have you works, um, how does that work? Like, how is that different? From just put your, just put your annual pass on your phone, and you can just scan it like a barcode. Kind of like when you do uh, boarding on an airplane, you can use your boarding pass. Your phone is a boarding pass. Same thing. Yeah, but so just but it's not but it's not done ahead of time. Correct. That's what I was just meant. Okay. Having okay. pass on your phone rather than actual admission media like a magic band. Yeah, but you know when you when you talk about having to remember that you booked the time. Um, that's one of the benefits, like you're holding a smartphone in, your, in anyway. So unlike the Magic Band, if you do book in advance and it's part of that app, that app's going to pop up and tell you, hey, don't forget, you know, today you're going to the Magic Kingdom and you're going to be riding Big Thunder Mountain at 2.30. Right. So I guess the bottom line is I think they're going, they're going a different route from the same system we have, so I think it'll be something a little different, and it will not be the, the Fast Pass Plus that we've seen before, so... Leaving Disneyland, let's head over to Walt Disney World, where we've seen now, within the span of a year, two themed bars. Uh, the Trader Sam's Grog Grotto and Jock Lindsay's Hangar. Oh, there's only one of us that's been to both Trader Sam's on this. Uh, I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One of us? I, I haven't. Yes, but I have, darling. Well, that's what I'm saying. You have been to both. Oh, I... All due apologies, I sincerely thought that you, Skipper Rich, had been. That's right. No, I was was supposed to go, but I didn't make it out. I'll start with you then, Rhiannon. Do you think... The themed bars like Trader Sam's and uh, The Hangar, especially here at Walt Disney World, are an attempt to try to recreate the Adventurers Club theme and the Adventurers Club feel. Not that it's working yet, but do you think that it's an attempt in that direction, or is it not? Um, I would certainly hope so. I definitely do. Um, really? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, somebody else, fine. No, no, I don't. I don't I'll want leave. to uh, interrupt. No, the, the princess. I'm holding a finger up. I'll let you guess what's <laughs> done. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll do the follow up for you, Rhiannon. Does it work Excellent. though? Do you, does it work? You get that same kind of feel. Well, you know, I I don't like live shows for this very reason because I have to admit certain things that I find embarrassing in my own history. You and one of it is that I never made it to the Adventurers Club. I was not of age back then and living far, far away. So I never saw that, unfortunately. I wish I had, obviously. (laughs) I did not. And so I cannot realistically compare the two. However, from what I've heard, um, I think it's a good attempt 
<clears throat> excuse me, but you know, I, while I do enjoy Trader Sam's, I don't think it's the be all and end all of bars, be they themed or otherwise. I've yet to be to uh, Jack Lindsay's, though I will be there in four days. Um, but Oops. yeah, I think it's a good effort, and I appreciate the effort, and I I love it. I do think that trying to go that route and to you know create that immersive environment is very important and key, and it really separates you from just any other asshole who creates a bar. Yeah, so. Rich, do you think it's an attempt to recreate, or do you think it's not an attempt? Um, I think it's kind of like an ode or a tribute to um, Adventures Club. Uh, at Trader Sam's out here, uh, the Enchanted Tiki Bar, there's actually a basket of props from the Adventures Club with the note to Trader Sam asking him to take care of the uh, the props. So, I, you know, I, I think that they want that feeling, but without the... Uh, the kind of like show that goes with it and the, uh, the cast where they weren't just bartenders. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit rough to say that they're, that, uh, that they're trying to like, I guess, emulate it. Um, I right. do, I, I do have a question though. Um, what is Rand's favorite theme bar? If she's not impressed with Trader Sense. I never once said I was not impressed. Well, not that you weren't impressed. You just said it wasn't your favorite or the end-all be-all. So I'm just asking, like, what is? Okay, I'll turn the question around on you. Like, I love Trader Sam's, so that's... themed bar. Just, just like that. It's not just, you know, it's not your everyday Friday. It's like you're going to an actual bar that, you know, it, they're themed at. Like, the, the Enchanted Tiki Bar is actually themed after the Enchanted Tiki Room. And they took the original casts that they did for the the attraction and used them to rebuild the bar. And out there, they've gone for a whole 20,000 leagues. And, you know, yeah. Jacques obviously is themed. It's kind of like, I guess, the way Hard Rock and Planet Hollywood were restaurants that were yeah. themed back in the day. They, they're getting rid of the, the, the restaurant and the, like, really broad, cheesy theme. And just make it a bar with yeah. a more focused idea. Jock's gives me a little bit different theme. Like I, when I when I when I go into Jock Lindsay's, what I feel about what it feels like to me is going like to Key West, and you go into say Sloppy Joe's or whatever, and you know every bar in Key West has this legend of you know Ernest Hemingway who was here, and they all have these stories. You don't know if they're true or not. You know uh, of what Ernest Hemingway did while he was here in Key West at. I feel like that's what they went for with Jock Lindsay's is, hey, here in Disney Springs, there was this guy, Jock Lindsay, who, who had this bar, and here's all these great adventures he went on, and you don't know if they're true or not, you know, and, and, and so it's it's got that feel of, like, to me, it goes more like Key West kind of um, just some, this guy that, you know, and, and they're, they're kind of carrying on the tradition of this this wacko that used to, used to live in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, T-Rex, man, T-Rex. <laughs> so I, think, I agree with, with Rich in that it's a nod to the old way. I just don't think you know nothing comes as far as to the, the the depth that you had when you had shows and an ongoing story mixed between different rooms and all that. And and I don't think you can get that back without a massive effort. And we're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you you really have to clarify that question with, um, you know, where do your ethical and moral boundaries lie and so if you're you know drinking on haunted mansion does that count as a themed bar i think no <laughs> but it brings me to a good question right. about that up, Randy, to ask you guys will we see more theme bars or is this going to be we're going to have these two or is say a haunted mansion themed bar oh my coming? god i just wet myself like seriously i think we're all in the same place we all want that Haunted Mansion theme bar. Oh, my it's, God. It's working. How long do you think they have to wait to see if these are a success here in Florida? Like, you know, obviously they're new, and the, the hardcore fans are going there in droves right now still between Trader Sam's and Jock Lindsay's. How long do you think they wait? Are they going to wait to see how those work out? Or are they? do you think we're going to get another one here in the near future? 
Well, I mean, I I think that, honestly speaking, the future of the Magic Kingdom is you cannot support an entire theme park without alcohol sales. And I'm not talking be our guest and our dinner, whatever. Eventually, whether it's next year or whether it's 20 years down the road, they're going to have to fucking give. Like, it's going to happen. And so once they do, to be able to involve that entire realm of the classic Disney stories and the classic Disney rides into bars, that's going to be amazing. Like, imagine, you know, the Memento Mori gift shop only with a bar. Like, yeah. you know, a little corner in Memento Mori where it sells, like, the apothecaries, you know, little, like, brews, <laughs> have you. Well, gonna... I mean, come on. Yeah. Amazing. But are they going to instead just do them outside the parks? Like, like I, I kind of came up with the idea of doing one at uh, Port Orleans French Quarter because they got that spot. Like, do a Haunted Mansion one in the New Orleans theme and then have the 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 themed rooms upriver in uh, – up upriver at uh, the – Port Orleans Riverside. Like, are they going to do it off? off? <laughs> I don't know. We don't know, obviously, but it, right. I think guessing. I think it's a, I think it's a matter of time before the uh, hot imagination comes to Port Orleans. I think that's going to happen. That's well, it. you know, and uh, part of the story with the haunted mansion because I don't know how well it'll work considering that the haunted mansion out there isn't necessarily in. Um, in New Orleans, you know, right. out there, it's part of Liberty Tree, or Liberty Square. So where it might work, and this is actually one of the things that I had I had tweeted about forever ago, was putting it, like, at the, uh, either the Yacht Club or the Boardwalk, because Jesus. one amazing of that, Huh? How amazing would that be? Well, you know, one, because it's, it's a deluxe resort, and they need some sort of, like, good-themed bar. But if, if you notice when you're on the attraction... Master Gracie, like, I, I want to say he was either, like, a captain or, you know, there was some sort of ship. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the paintings is, is a ship that gets all tattered. So I was thinking it would work really well at the Yacht Club where maybe that's a resort that he would visit and throw parties, yeah. um, you know, for, the, for his friends. And that's what the, the, the actual bar was. Let's just say it now. Rich says Atlantic Dance becoming the Haunted oh. Mansion bar. I want, I want Atlantic Dance to just go back to the way it was. <laughs> I want the old swing dancing days back. So. But. Uh, I, now, I feel like we just got lost. What were we talking about? <laughs> I think we were talking about how much you love the electric slide. Whoa. Ooh, I never said I love the electric slide. You're just I really mean. I like the song. I don't like doing the dance, but I like the song. Ugh, leaving from the theme of love to something none of us love, which was what about that sticker shock that came uh, about a, what, a couple a week and a half ago now with the new annual pass tiered blackout date pricing? Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I'm pretty sure that when you like blackmailed me into joining this podcast that it was pretty much concrete that you were in favor of this and this is all positive <laughs> I think we can talk about what happened without it making it seem like you know the war like Disney's stealing everything from us well, I, well that doesn't even matter I think that's it's you know it is what it is as far as that it's a huge price increase it is what it is a sticker shock everybody saw this Prices go up, and it was. But not only, of course, is it generating revenue, they said and sort of implied that the main, that another reason that they were doing it was to uh, try to change people's behaviors and sort of put in more blackout dates. Because for the most part, at least here in Florida, the biggest change was what is now sort of the, the regular annual pass with no blackout dates. You know, rather, they basically added blackout dates for Christmas and uh, spring break and then added a super premium platinum that has no blackout dates. So um, they're making everybody decide how badly is it worth about a hundred and so dollars to have those three weeks of extreme crowd. Like, do you, are you, are, 
I guess is it, do you, do you think it's going to affect behaviors? We'll start with uh, Rhiannon. Do you think it's going to change the way people uh, buy their passes? Well, here's my issue. I think it goes in two directions. One of which being, I'm apologizing now for my neighbor's dog. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think that, you know, they created all these surveys and it was widely published on Twitter, at least, if not, you know, other social media that they were asking questions like, should we or should we not impose this sort of tiered pricing structure to charge more for holiday seasons? And I don't necessarily disagree with that i mean we already do that for flights and hotels and other mm-hmm. cities yeah. so i i'm not disagreeing with it but i think the problem is is that you know if they were to say okay great we're gonna do that and impose that they're not then you know discounting the off season they're simply saying okay great We're going to keep all the same prices, but increase the holidays. We're going to keep your same holiday, you know, vacation you had in mind and increase it. And, like, we're going to keep your same, you know, annual pass you've had this entire time, but we're going to increase it. And, like, that's not okay. Like, if you want to, you know, get people's feedback on whether or not you're going to be willing to pay more for the holidays, then great. But I think the implied... You there's know, zero chance is to pay has, less has there for... been price decrease in history i mean exactly but that's the whole thing is like yeah like i'm not stupid like they're not gonna no, I'm, not. I'm just prices. saying i think there's, i think you're right it's set up where they're basically saying what you've been paying is the value and what we're going to do is add premium so that's what they're instead of you're right they're not going to discount the off season they've been saying we've been giving you a that will make will make that the the current status quo the right. season. We're just going to add premium. You're right. So, but do you think it's going to have? I mean, obviously, it's going to have the effect of generating more revenue. But will it have the effect of change? Will people be buying these or uh, blackout dates? Because I don't I don't know a lot of people that have the blackout dates here in Florida now because now it inc- the blackout dates include all summer and people are like I most people are like they, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you have to look at the different levels they have and, you know, so the, the ultimate level, whatever they're calling it, the platinum, what have you, you know, it's, nope. it's no blackout dates. And then the, the second one down is blackout dates, but only for the peak holiday seasons, which and- it, it just amounts to like Christmas and, um, you know, spring break. And then the, the next tier down it's Christmas, spring break, and then all of summer, which really sucks. And so I think what you have to look at is, you know, you as, uh, you know, whether or not you're a Florida resident, doesn't matter. Like if you're, a, you know, right now we're just talking annual passes. Yeah. Whatever. Like if you're a person who goes to you know, Disney a lot, I think you just, I'm sorry, but you have to break out the calculator and you have to figure out whether or not it, balances out to buy the pass that has the maximum blackout dates. And then on top of that pass, you purchase a three day park hopper pass because you realize, Oh crap, I'm going to go and visit in the peak of summer and my annual pass won't cover that. So I'm going to go and purchase an additional three day park pass for that. And that might make more financial sense for you. Like you just have to do the math. And that's the problem is that Disney is forcing you to do that. Previously, yeah. it wasn't a thought process. You just yeah. purchased oh, pass, you did it. And now you actually have to go and do the math, figure out how many dates are you going, which dates you're going for how long and do the math and figure out what's going to work. Well, so especially, at the, especially at the upper tier, because that the, what is now the bronze, I believe that has the summer, spring break and Christmas did exist. The one that did not exist, which is now currently the gold that's new. And that's the one that no one's ever had to decide on before is it's just those three weeks. And it's roughly for a Florida resident with a renewal. It's about a hundred dollars 
between the gold and the platinum, or maybe a little bit more. But you're basically paying $100 for those three weeks. And so, I can tell you right now, as a Florida resident, I'm not going to do that. I was fortunate enough. I renewed my pass in August, so I don't have to deal with this until next summer, but I, I'm not going to do that. I mean, yeah, you can pay me you, to go to Disney during Christmas. Right. I'm sorry. Sure. Like, that's a nightmare. No offense. So your answer with yes is going to change. People are going to start because you're saying yourself, you're going to go with the – so it sounds like what you're saying, most likely you're going to go, when you do go, you'll go gold, which would be, um, yes, summer, you can go in the summer, but you cannot go for Christmas and spring break. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's now, what I was going to say. Like, So which one are you getting? But it sounds like you already made up your mind, and it's not the big boy. Yeah, no, I'm not. And I think if you look at the actual price structure, if I woke up one morning the day after Christmas and just freaking had to go to Disney for some reason to buy a one day park pass to go to Disney is less than if I had purchased that platinum level. Guess what though? That's today because guess what's coming down the pike? Well, that's a rumor, but whatever. Oh, it's yeah. It's a rumor. Like next year's, we're going to have a birthday, you know, rumor. I mean, it's going to happen. Typically the price increases come at February. So I, I've heard the rumor they'll come in November this year, but that's a rumor. Standard practice is. I mean, this point is, I mean, it's, I'm saying, I I think it's a matter of, it's not a matter of, of if it's just a matter of when now California is a little different, Rich. What do you, what are your options there? <clears throat> so, the uh, the great thing with, the, with our passes here is we went from a $800 pass that had no blackout days to a $1,000 pass with no blackout days. And our version of, I guess, what you guys have is a gold, now has 15 days uh, blacked out right during the holidays. And that one, I want to say, is right around 850 um, what I think is crazy is that for your $850 over there, you're getting no blackout days, four theme parks, two water parks, golf, uh, ESPN club, our wide world of sports or whatever. Um, so we're paying an extra $200 more than your no blackout day for two theme parks, um, <laughs> out here. Uh, well, they've got. Instead of the blessing of size, it sounds like Disneyland has the blessing of exclusivity <laughs> and can just jack it up even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mess. So, what do you do? You think it's going to change? Uh, although, so this this basically happened to Disneyland last year, is what you're saying? <clears throat> no, no, no. At the same time. The same day that those prices went up, so did the Disneyland tickets. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when I woke up in the morning and read that there was a $1,000 ticket, I thought, ha, 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 Disney World suckers. And then I looked at, I read a little bit more, and I thought, oh, no, no, that's that's me. I'm the sucker. Uh, <laughs> so, Rich, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. So, I... I've only admittedly been to Disneyland once in my life. It was just past April. It was lovely. Loved it. Good time. Um, but my understanding is having, you know, previously been a Disneyland novice and basically still am. You're not a tourist destination. People don't fly to Southern California just to go to Disneyland. They're like experiencing everything you have to offer there. So why is it that you think that it seems to be that at least given the pricing structures that Disney is sort of fucking over residents of that area more so than they are Florida residents when in Florida, you know, really they could tell us to fuck off and they have everybody flying here from all over the country, all over the world to come to Disney World and they just stay there and sit there and just go to Disney. Whereas Disneyland, they really, they really need to work hard to get people to stay just in that tiny, like, you know, block radius that is Disneyland. It's a good question. Well, I, it, it, it's good if it was true. Um, <laughs> the, problem, 
the, hanging up now. The problem God. is that Bye. they have no problem getting people to stay on property or in the parks. Um, it's not a you know weak destination like it is in Florida. Um, Southern California is the destination, and usually people will stay three or four days at Disneyland as part of their you know their trip to San Diego and L.A. and all that kind of fun stuff. But where where Disneyland really stands out from Walt Disney World is the amount of locals, and really the reason that they're raising the prices like that is because the parks are so full with annual pass holders that there isn't room for you know the the mom and pop with the family trip uh, that are coming out anymore. There's so many people locally that you know make the trip from San Diego, like me, or you know. Whatever, if, if anywhere within an hour of Disneyland, people are just going to make the drive because an hour drive in California is that's that's your regular commute anyway. So, you know that that's really why they can they can almost price the annual passes at almost whatever they want because we just keep paying them. Um, you know, and the same way they do it in Florida, where they they let you finance your pass. So my pass right before I was paying about fifty dollars a month. Now the pass is probably going to be about seventy, and you know I, I don't think twenty dollars is going to break the bank a month, but it might keep me from you know buying that extra mug or having an extra drink at Trader Sam's or you know one of those kinds of things. So yeah, I don't I don't think they're worried about the people about filling the, the park. The park's the capacity all the time. And there's only three hotels that they have to fill. And those hotels, the minimum stay is like $300 a night. And those hotels are always full. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't have the, uh, the benefit of space, but it's so exclusive, um, especially to stay on property that, you know, that's, that's not Disney's problem. Disney's problem out here is, how do you keep families coming that are going to spend in the parks and get, you know, the cheap-ass annual, annual pass holders that just want to come in and sit around for the day and don't actually go to the restaurants and bars? It sounds like, it sounds like it's a similar situation, but this particular round is definitely a bigger change here in Florida, this particular round, just based on – because we didn't have any of that um, – I mean, there was always the seasonal, but that was it was it was always really not even a, a, a thought for most people because it was all summer. Now this whole uh, adding the the premium for the holidays is is new for us here down in Florida. So it feels like it's actually affecting down here more. It, and from what Rhiannon said, it, it's working because she's not gonna she's not gonna do it. And I think there's a lot of people that are thinking the same thing. You know what? I don't need to come at Christmas, and I don't need to come to spring break. I mean, especially if you don't have kids that are going to, you know, kids have off that those that time, which is why they're so popular. Um, going to do it. So I think it will. I think it will affect behaviors a little bit, but I think people plan their trips based on their schedule, not Disney's schedule. So they're going to want to go. You know, when you're planning a vacation, you go because you have work off or your kids are off or whatever it is. You go off your schedule. Yeah, but again, I think that's just more local people, like the people that are booking annual pass vacations probably aren't people that are in the Midwest. Those are people that are buying, you know, five-day park hoppers. Yeah, but I think you also sort of disproves your own point by saying the fact that, you know, as a local resident trying to purchase an annual pass at Disneyland, they're jacking up the price, and they're not counting on you to spend the money, so they feel the need to or not the need, but like they feel like they can get away with doing that because they can get people there anyway, and you know you're accepting that. Rich, do you think a thousand dollars has reached where other, there are going to be a lot of people out there that are going to just not do it this year? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the difference in price um, for two hundred fifty dollars less, they they miss out on the fifty or the 14 days between Christmas and New Year's or whatever, the, yeah. you know, those two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from what I read on, the, on like, Twitter and Facebook, a lot of those people are uh, are saying that they're not going to get the uh, the no blackout stay, which is well, fine by me. That's why I think people are so pissed 
is because, and Rhiannon hinted at this earlier about that, you know, I think the reason why it feels like a kick in the gut is if I have right now what is the regular annual pass with no blackout dates, and I'm like, you know what, I just can't afford that premium one, I'm going to go down to one with blackout dates, but my price isn't going to go down at all. You know, I'm, I'm actually taking the blackouts, but not saving any money, and that's why it sucks so bad. That's the sticker shock. But, but, but now you have Memory Maker, so therefore it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just I mean, got to take a lot of pictures. This is the whole. Thing. Yeah, exactly. You got to take a lot of pictures to make up for that. So um, I agree. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing why people are so upset, though, is it's literally like. Ugh, I wouldn't mind downgrading because in the past, if you decided, you know what, I'm going to take blackout dates. Hey, at least I'm saving money. Now it feels like you're not because <laughs> you're paying the same price. You're just not upgrading. You're, you're really just being forced not to upgrade, which doesn't feel very good. Well, and I almost feel like um, the time that they picked to do it was kind of unfortunate. Like if they had waited till, like Rihanna said, on Friday or on February's, when they actually do raise the prices and said, Hey, you know what? This is when we would normally raise the price. Uh, we're not raising the price of this ticket. We're just taking a few days away, but we are going to offer, you know, this ticket, um, for a little bit more Then there probably would be some suckers that would be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think we can agree. It's probably because this would be then the way it is now. This is the last holiday season that is not, Right, affected by it. This will be the last holiday season where it's where people are grandfathered in. Yeah, everybody right now better enjoy Christmas because uh, next year you're not going. <laughs> I think it's like um, did y'all hear about you know the the brunch they're offering at Narcusis? I think it's Narcusis. Yeah, where it's like fucking ninety or hundred dollars or something. But hey. It includes an alcoholic beverage. <clears throat> but, you know, what happens if you don't want to drink in the morning? Or who, because who is this person? That, but, I, mean, I mean, that's not me or you or <laughs> any of our audience. But anyway, like what happens if the fact of the matter is the pricing structure is that that includes every single person over the age of 11. Like, yeah. I'm recording right now. Excuse me. Um, you know, a child is being charged the same price as an adult, and obviously they're not being served a Bloody Mary, but they're being charged like $90 for this brunch that includes a Bloody Mary, but they're not drinking that. So why include that in the price? So again, it's like to bring it back to, you know, this new... Um, annual pass structure, like, why are you including this memory maker photo package in the price if some people don't want that? Like, just do things a la carte. Like, do things, you know, give people the option whether or not they want pictures. Give so, people the option whether or not they yeah, want Yeah, well, the only way they would have done that was to keep the prices the same way they are now and then added memory maker on top of that. So people still, those people are getting it for free that wouldn't have gotten it before. That's the only difference. The only people, because there's no way that they would have made it less. I mean, that was the price. And then on top of that, they said, hey, we'll just give a memory maker to make them happy. So, and I'm looking at the Narcusi's, uh webpage. Brunch is $60 per adult. It's more than... Whatever I read about, it was more than that. But I wonder if it's a special. Was it like a special dinner only? It was a brunch that I don't know. I think it's like was the one they were doing in lieu of Cinderella's castle because it was closed. I don't know. But either way, I mean, you know, if it was a ninety dollar breakfast and they have alcohol and you're taking a kid. It might be the same idea as, you know, jacking up the price so that you don't go during New Year's. Like, maybe it's like, yes, if you want to bring a kid, you can. It's $90. But guess what? If you don't want to bring a kid, awesome. Because there's a bunch of adults that are trying to enjoy a really nice brunch. Okay, well, here we go. When it happens, let me ask you this. When it happens, which I'm saying it is, when it happens, how much is the Magic Kingdom going to be on Christmas 
for a one-day ticket when it happens. Rich, what's your guess? I want to hear your guess. Uh, I would need. What are one-day tickets now? Let me go. Let me see here. Uh, it's still one hundred and ten bucks. Uh, then I'll say it's going to be like a yeah, it's one hundred and five dollars for adults. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be one hundred and one hundred and fifty bucks. You want to go to you want to go to Magic Kingdom and or maybe you have to buy. Um, maybe the Magic Kingdom will be closed unless you have a park offer. I just want the price. You say one hundred and fifty, Rhiannon. $11 billion. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to go with 175 on the high holidays. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. So adding the park hopper option is $64. So you'd be right at, right about it. You know, 170 is what I'm going to say you would have to pay to go to the Magic Kingdom. Because they're not going to – I have a feeling they're not going to be like, oh, if you want to go to the Magic Kingdom on Christmas – you know, you pay this much, and you're still not getting the park hopper. They're just going to say, "Hey, if you want to go to the Magic Kingdom on on Christmas Day, you have to have a park hopper." There right, is no anyway. So, what do they care if they give it to you? <laughs> right. There is no there is no hundred and hundred dollar ticket for the Magic Kingdom on Christmas. If you want to no. go to the Magic Kingdom, it's but a buck fifty. Like I I don't have a problem with that. Like if you are that person who is insane enough to be willing to risk that level of crowds fine pay that price but like don't then you know back factor that into everybody else's pricing structure to you know try to accommodate that like i'm fine with the tiered pricing structure as far as it goes to if you want to go on christmas day that's your problem but you know to try and like increase every other single freaking ticket well you know that's a bit different and as far as that Narcusi's brunch goes, um, I get all of my facts from the math podcast starring you, Polly, and Jay. So you can blame him for whatever. Oh, it might be. He's still getting his popcorn anyway, so it's fine. I, I, all right, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, well, I think that's, yeah, that's, I think that's okay. Here's here's the question. Now I want another prediction. I I say yeah, we did that prediction. Now, when on Twitter, you know, I hear a lot. I get a lot of flack, and I always go back and forth with a lot of like Universal fans. Prediction: Will Universal follow suit with tiered pricing, Rhiannon? Um. If Disney does, in fact, do it, and I mean, like, really do it, not just annual passes, but actual day-to-day tickets, I would give Universal two years before they start doing it, too. Do you want to throw a guess in here, Rich? You usually stay out of the Universal fray, but... I could care less about Universal. Um, (laughs) If they want to... If they want to give away their tickets, they're more than one. I just don't go. So, like, to me, it, it doesn't even matter. The only reason I want to go to Universal is for the Harry Potter um, part of it. And I hear that oh, part. you should. It's beautiful. Right. I hear that part's great. I've been to I've been to the park uh, yeah. before, and I wasn't impressed. So, for me, I'll go, and I'll go see Harry Potter, um, and then I'll leave. And I'll pay whatever I have to go to, you know, to hit up those two parks, which I guess right now is, like, 150 bucks. If anything, you know what's funny? They actually, they, if anybody needs a, get, wins the ticketing genius of the year award, it's definitely them when they came up with the idea that <laughs> you got to be a sucker to go in and buy one day without a park hopper. So you're going to pay, you know, 200 bucks or $150 for a one day two park. That was genius because if you want to go to, Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley, you gotta pay the one day two park. Do you ride yeah, that right? train? Yeah, like I, I, I have no choice but to pay that that one hundred and fifty dollar pass so that I can run into one park, uh, check it out, and then go to the other park really quick. Wait, so what's the um, Star Wars, you know? Comparison: are, are we going to have like half of Star Wars land at Hollywood Studios? They're half at All Star Sports. <laughs> at the movies, I, I'd not be shocked. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if somewhere down the road, a future world west pavilion 
is Star Wars related with a transportation to Hollywood Studios. That would be a... Uh, I wouldn't be blown away. I, well, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened because I think you're right. In a To not follow that plan would be... It's hard. It's got to be hard to uh, to not follow that. I mean, apparently, I've already ripped Keith off by you know trying to envision <laughs> a world in which the value resorts become deluxes with Disney Vacation Club. So, if we could envision a world in which Hollywood Studios had transportation to All Star Sports and remodeled that into a Star Wars land slash Star Wars themed resort. I think I'm on to something. Yeah, it would be amazing. But it also got me thinking, when I I first went to rode the Hogwarts Express, I said, how is this not a themed safari truck from the Africa outpost at Epcot directly to Harambe? And that would be... (laughs) <laughs> that would be the great. So well, I mean, I because think they don't allow roofies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's. Uh, but anyway, so ticketing. Uh, I think bottom line sticker shock. Uh, it was definitely some sticker shock going on around here, and you know it's gonna it's gonna all go it's all it, it's gonna fade, and uh, and we're all gonna live with it and move on. But I think a lot of people here in Florida will be taking blackouts that never had them before. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be that way in both places. <coughs> well, you know, some people are going to be doing it with a smile on their face, which will be captured by their new memory maker package, <laughs> and they will share that with Twitter. Hey, at least now all my pictures taken by PhotoPass won't have the PhotoPass watermark all over them anymore. That right? Nice. I was going to say, at least people won't have that stupid, like, hey, look, I took a picture of a picture because um, I didn't want to pitch, you know, the five or ten bucks for it. I'll be, I'll be excited also about missing that. with the uh, the PhotoPass. I know I hate to get into a new topic, but but just that. I, I think I don't think it goes missed that not only uh, yeah they're quote unquote giving it to you for free whatever maybe they're not you know whatever they're not they're building in the price but what they get out of that is the greatest marketing tool ever and that's some mom putting a picture of her kid with Anna and Elsa on Facebook you know if if that lady takes her kid I'm a better parent than her I'm gonna take my kid you know I think they do more marketing with mm-hmm. with Magic Maker. On Facebook, than they than any commercial or you know yellow shoes can't come up with anything more powerful than a mom mom's competing yeah. with other moms. You, you oh, know yeah. what I would appreciate is I would really appreciate if you stop taking my photos from rides and post them on Twitter. So. I no promises. Can't make any promises. Here's the good news: you did show up today, so I don't have to give out a your a digit of your phone number. Oh man, I was looking forward to that. Um, apparently, my attorney informs me that due to the negotiations that we struck prior to this call, I'm not allowed to disclose what I agreed to. But that's right. Let's just say I'm fucking here, aren't I? And we're happy about it. So yeah, it's like you. One last thing, then we'll call it. A- Call it a show. Um, what Disney uh-huh. food item are you craving right now? And I'm not talking about a restaurant. I mean, obviously, hashtag stand with Boathouse. But <laughs> and one specific item uh-huh. uh, from Disney World or Disneyland uh-huh. would you like right now? So, like, my food item, can it be, like, punch you in the face? Or? Well, let's, let's, let's go on to Rich. Yeah, um, violent. Um, I would say with with our earlier talk about Pleasure Island, my current craving is no longer there. But there used to be a Euro stand um, that after Pleasure Island closed, there would be a line to get Euros because they were delicious, the best Euros in the world. Uh, I would be that fat kid ordering two Euros with hot sauce right now. That's fantastic. As much as I love hashtag stand with Boathouse, uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. over at the Polynesian, I would love and do anything right now for some shrimp from Ohana. That's one of my favorite things. But too bad I can't get a 
reservation to save my freaking life. Yeah. Can we can we stop and talk about the pronunciation of Euro? Euro? How do you pronounce it, Rhiannon? That's more. That's the most important. I know, right? How do you how do you say I mean, Euro? I, I'm not saying I'm correct, but Let's I hear pronounce it. Euro. 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 Can we just talk? I I, I, I acknowledge the G. But I do it in a soft way where it's zero. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what's what's correct. Uh, I I look forward to um, the five listeners you may get from this show, two of which will be your parents, um, to tell me whether or not I am correct in my pronunciation of zero. Zero, and one of us is going to get lambasted by somebody on Twitter over this uh, because we're, one of us sounds like a complete moron right now. We're just not sure who it is right now. Well, I'm pretty sure it's always you, but, you know, Oof. for other reasons. It Oof. might not be for the I've never heard you reasons. actually say Rich. You always just type it, Rich, so that's good to hear. Wolf. Yes, that is uh... – she, she deserved the Rich, wolf on that one. we've been over your use of wolf before. Let's not start right now. No, let's not. Let's call it a night. Let's Thank you, everybody, night. for tuning in to the first 3 o'clock parade podcast. Am I not allowed to crave a cl- food? Just a second. Closing statements and anything you'd like to say. We'll start because she's chomping at the bit. Let's hear from Rhiannon first. Dude, I didn't get to, like, partake in the last bit of, you know, like, what food you're craving right now so what food are you craving i'm good i'm good i can just do the salad it's fine <laughs> salad with a glass of water find you lemon, on lemon, uh, lemon juice, juice dressing please because I'm good. <coughs> I'm good twitter you are at definite disney any other places people can find you I am also at Death to Drunko. Um, at Drunko Deathmatch. At Drunko Drowning. Forward slash. Just kidding. Well, I, like- I also I also have a GoFundMe. Um, it's GoFundMe. <laughs> Um, slash deathadrunko.com. <laughs> what happens if your GoFundMe gets funded? Well, you die. It's terrible. Yeah. Rich. But, Closing you know, it depends on the highest bidder because they get to decide how you die. So, you know, like, it might not be a drowning. It might be, like, lit on fire. Yeah. I don't know. No love coming from that side. Rich, any closing statements? Uh, my closing statement is uh, Rihanna terrifies me. And um, I'm looking forward to next week's conversation and uh, to see how drunk she actually is. Um, I, think I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I believe it. I don't know what you're saying. Perfect. Uh, you can find Rich at, at Drunk at Sam's on the Twitters. Anywhere else they can find you? That's pretty much it. And if you don't, it's cool. I'll be at the bar. Hey, 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 hey. hey. My hand's raised. Yes, Rhiannon? Okay. I would like to point out that my name is pronounced Rhiannon. It rhymes with Shannon because a lot of people say it's Rhiannon, and it's not. I just like to go Rhiannon and then just kind of, like, fumble it at the end because... It's with Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, but... No. Okay. Shannon. Rhiannon. Like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, where's the soft, where's the soft G know, in that? Even with the death threats, I'm glad you were able to make it, Rhiannon. It's nice to have everybody together. I'm drunk at Disney. Thanks for listening. Come to Spoiler, it's a one.